Hey, y'all, this is Caroline Walker, and you're listening to So You Think I'm Southern? I'm your host, Caroline Walker, and so excited to be back. Uh, It feels great to be back in the studio and interviewing people. Today's guest was awesome. He is Brock Olson, the dating expert. I say all this now because I hit the record button uh, when we first started and he complimented my nails. And from there, we just kept on talking and I almost completely forgot to introduce him. The conversation was flowing. It was great. We talk about life, love, the pursuit of happiness and dating and relationships and the ins and outs and how-tos. I am a huge fan of his. He is great. Uh, so that's why the format is just a little different because I never really introduced him. And so we just dove right in, which is kind of the best conversation. You'll also notice at some point we were filming at Common House and I had some friends sliding some questions. They were super excited that I was interviewing him. They slid some questions under the door. So as I have, and I at some point I will edit and produce this more, but I kind of love the fact that it was a little bit all over the place. He was a great sport about it. We had the best time and loved the conversation. And I can't think of a better time to air it than right here around Valentine's Day. So I hope you all enjoy it as much as I enjoy the conversation. I think we get to some really personal stuff. And I would love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are and what you think about dating and whether even you're married or single or whatever. I would love to just kind of know how you like or don't like dating in the modern world. And I think he just gives some great advice and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. So thanks again for listening. I love you all and enjoy. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. I just started doing them recently. Yeah. And they're game changer. Are they? Are they really? Yeah. Why? You get to roll. Okay. Well, we are rolling now. I literally just (laughs) I was going to introduce you, but I'm kind of into how this has started. Wait. Okay, so let's do talk about my nails for a second. So I hate doing my nails. I always have my toes done, but I just the sitting there, the whatever. But the amount of compliments I've gotten from men recently, why is that? Just well, well, real quick, why do you just do your toes? Well, because I was a dancer growing up, mm-hmm. and I think that like I just always want to make sure my feet looks good. To who? Me. Okay. And like it's the massage, the whole thing. Okay. But then. But do you dance now? No. So why are you still doing it? Because it feels good. And also I can sit there on my phone. Okay. During like the self care. Like that's the process. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, as far as fingernails, I mean, how do men hunt? Do they hunt by sight? That is very attractive to men. It just is. That's why you're doing it. You can say you're doing that for yourself, but you're doing it so people think it's attractive too. Well, I will say, this is the second time I've gotten it this year. And I... Because I hate my nails are just so brittle, but I, I feel like it finishes you off it does. as a person. It does. And so it says a lot about you. It's a way for you to express yourself, how you're feeling during that month or a couple of weeks or however long it takes. But like your nails say a lot to, to people, especially if you're single, they say a lot about who you are. Okay, so what does this color say? Um, it says you are looking forward to Valentine's Day. No. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but no, that, that's a very classy look. Um, so it's, it's mature. It's established. It is attractive. You have pretty hands. And yeah, like you said, it just finishes you off. So it's also really, really great 
um, icebreaker. Someone can easily just compliment you on your nails. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so into this. <laughs> well, now, but, it, and I will say. Well, she'll start doing her nails I know, every uh, two weeks. <laughs> but then, because I'm, I'm not going to be that type of person who does like crazy colors. Yeah. I just feel like for work and whatever, it's just yeah. too much. So that's actually what I mean by it represents you. Yeah. Work is very important to you. So that's why you don't do your nails very bright. So I would see that and I'd be like, you take yourself very seriously. You're in a professional setting. I take what I do very seriously. I don't take myself very seriously. You take your reputation in what you do very seriously. Interesting. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm so into this. Um, your nails say a lot. And then like, in terms of like outfit choices and stuff like that, like, cause I always prided myself for the longest time of being very low maintenance. Okay. And I think there is a good thing about that, but I also think that long term, mm-hmm. like you have to be a little high maintenance and just taking. I mean, I take care of myself, but it's not like like I've dated. Most of the guys I've dated take longer to get ready than I do. Okay, is that a problem? Uh, I mean, it's a problem if you're trying to get out the door. But I mean, like, the t- what types of guys are you interested in? Like, <laughs> like- um, I've dated a lot. I would say in the last probably five years, I've dated a lot of guys that are very narcissistic. Okay. Very emotionally unavailable. Okay. I mean, they're going to value their appearance because they're hiding. I mean, that's just how it is. That's what a narcissist does. They hide. So they want to be as attractive as possible. So that's what you're distracted from. And then I've also gotten love bombed a good bit. Yeah. I mean, that's going to probably come from the same people. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So then what am I giving off? I mean, because I would arguably say that like, up until very recently, I was not really, really, I've not done the work to get ready to be, to find a life partner. But that's a question I get a lot. It's like, why do I, why do I attract the assholes? Why? You're not attracting just the assholes. You're picking them. I guarantee you're getting approached by really great guys. You're just not seeing. Why don't you see those people? Why do you only see those other ones? That often has a lot to do with the work that you're avoiding doing on yourself. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people say to me all the time, they're like, guys come up to me all the time and I'm just so oblivious. Well, I also really don't have to flirt. I know how to flirt with people I'm not into. <laughs> okay. Like if somebody was like, oh my God, is Caroline really into that guy? And they're like, no. And the guy I'm really into, I start like interviewing. That's because, not good. Well, you start getting into the interview because you want something serious. So you're like, do they qualify? Do they check off these boxes? And you're going down the list of things. So where do you work? How many kids you got? Like, I can tell exactly what you're doing. Am I avoiding? No, you're you're getting right to the point, which isn't a very sexy thing. No, it's not. I know, and I need to, <laughs> I need to take myself out and be like, even all my guy and girlfriends are like, be your fun self, get out of your head, like be. That's light. easier said than done, right? And I'm like, okay, y'all have all been married for like 15 years. Yeah. That's so funny. Getting, getting dating advice from married people or single people is usually the worst thing you can do. Spe- yeah, especially people who like really have also never online dated either. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like you have no idea how. And then oh, no, they know how difficult it is. That's why I'm going to be super, super real. Why a lot of them stay in relationships they shouldn't. They know exactly how hard it is out here. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. So, and then I hate nothing but bothers me more than friends of mine wanting to take my 
phone and get on dating apps for me. It's like, you don't know what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then it's also not a game. Yeah. Like my life is yeah. not a spectator sport. Sure. You know, yeah. it's, it's very disrespectful for, for that to happen. But never let someone get on dating apps for you. No, like my sister-in-law's got on one time and I was like, I, but to be fair, mm-hmm. they both met their significant others on dating apps. There, and you absolutely can. Right. I, know, I know dating apps have a negative stigma, but that's because there are just, there's trashy people out there and they're going to make bad stories happen. What do we remember more or most bad stories? You're not going to, if someone said, Hey, I met my spouse on a dating app, you'll forget about that in a day or two. Yeah. If they said, Hey, I met someone on a dating app. They followed me home. It was super awkward. I was almost R word. I'm not going to say it. You'll remember that. And everyone's going to hear about that story. Sure. And now that's what the dating app is going to be synonymous with or catfishing or things like that. But the times that dating apps actually work, you don't really hear about that. But they're actually very productive. They're, oh, they're, they're very productive. If you know how to use them. Well, and I think my friends in New York would, it was really interesting because for a long time we would get on dating apps and they'd be like, why are your settings like this? You're, <laughs> like you're not, that's not what you want in a partner. And I think I was truly avoiding for a long time of like, I don't need to be have somebody necessarily who's Christian, but I do want to be with somebody who's spiritual sure. or like, so I dated a guy that was atheist and it wasn't until, and I, like there was this weird thing where I would kind of be like, well, I don't know if I deserve to be, to have everything I want. That's a pretty messed up mentality. And so then even my friends were like, but you're not going to want to marry somebody. Who's wait, wait, he said this or you said this? About no, I would just be, it. this would be my internal dialogue okay. of like, well, I just what with whatever kind of your deal breakers or yeah. your manifesting list or whatever mm-hmm. that like, I never thought I deserved. Yeah. That's pretty messed up and sad. <laughs> I mean, we, we all make lists of things that we want out of a relationship. A lot of times we forget to make a list of things that we don't want. And when we're only focused on the things that we do want, that's all we'll end up seeing in people. So we kind of qualify people that check off all the good boxes and we don't know how to identify like red flags. So maybe the atheist individual um, could have been a fantastic person. I'm not saying anything about atheist people being... Yeah, yeah, but for me, right, for me. But for you, like, you're going to have to really specify what your deal breakers are. Yeah. And stand by those. Like, they are non-negotiables. And the more we like somebody, the more attracted we are to somebody, the more we try to negotiate. Who are we negotiating with ourselves? So that's a very easy conversation to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was interesting. My oldest brother... He got, he met his wife when he was 27. And then we were at my other, my middle brother's wedding a couple of years ago. And I asked him, I said, did y'all know you're in his wife was 24 and they met, which is crazy because I would have thought he would have gotten married in his late thirties or whatever. And I go, did y'all know your deal breakers? And he goes, hell yeah. I'm like, so you knew your deal breakers in your early to mid twenties. He was like, yes. I was like, hi. And I think I know innately what my deal breakers are, but I just... We all do. Our deal breakers are are pretty solid in ourselves. At a very young age, we might add a few or like slightly, slightly, just, just, just barely. But for the most part, those, those never really change. Now, what we're looking for in a partner, that will change. But the deal breakers will pretty much stay the same. 
Do you think that, do you believe in soulmates? No. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. Because what is love? Right. If I just looked at somebody, we made eye contact, like I don't know their first name. How can I love them? What is Yeah, yeah. Love is something you build over time. Right. And over time you build trust. I think that trust is the pillar for love. If you don't have trust, you can't have love. So if I just look at you, how can I have love at first sight? Mm -hmm. I have to build trust with you first. That's what love really is. My mom would say for years, the love will come and go. The lust will come and go. But if you trust and respect that person, that lasts forever. 100%. Cause I, when they, we would all be little and I'm like, how did you and dad, like I never heard y'all fighting. And she was like, cause I respected whatever decision he made. And he would have wanted respect over love. Where your mom would have wanted love over respect. Uh-huh. It's interesting too, because if I'm totally honest, a lot of the guys, I don't think I, many of the guys I've ever dated, and I'm sure some of them are going to listen to this. Uh, uh, not even a little bit. I never respected their decision-making skills, which is a problem. So how did you go about meeting um, some through mutual friends, some online dating, some from high school. I think I fell into relationships because they put in the effort. Yeah. And I... Mm-hmm. Well, it's attractive, first of all. I mean, yeah. It's nice being pursued. And the hardest thing to find in anybody is the willingness to invest effort. Right. Consistently. It is. So I get it. Go ahead. No, but I think that too, like... Yeah, I, I wanted them to put effort in. And also, I just kind of, it was almost like a challenge because it was like, okay, they're going to put the effort in. Mm-hmm. Like, how much effort? Whereas I've always been told I'm intimidating, which I now kind of take as a compliment, but it also can imply that I have a hard shell. But they're like, yeah, people for years have just been like, you're intimidating, you're threatening, not threatening, but like, Oh, it's just, you're so unique. You're, it's going to, I'm like, no, that's not true. It's just, I need a guy that puts in the effort. And so then I would fall into these situations where the guy put so much effort, he became controlling. Okay. And so, because I ha- make so many decisions in other aspects of my life, I let mm-hmm. them and then cut to several months later. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause I'm empathetic too. Sure. So that's a perfect balance for like a narcissist. Well, the, so to kind of piggyback on the what is love and trust, respect is earned. Yeah. With trust. Like once you see that their decision-making abilities, the way that they're setting up their life, the way they go about their life, the integrity they have, that's how we get respect. We got to do that consistently. We have to show up with integrity time and time again. That's the only way you get respect. Your default position is not trust. It is not respect. These are things you have to earn. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a timeline, like, well, when you respect somebody, so, well, you'll, you'll know, you will know when you respect somebody. And, um, this is something that not a lot of people agree with me on is, is the respect to elders. I'm like, I, I am kind to everybody, but I don't know who you are just because you're old. You could be one of the most horrid individuals just because you're old. I'm not going to give you respect. You still have to earn that for me on a personal level. Sure. And that's how it is for everybody. Everybody needs to be held to the same standard. If you're going to require respect, you have to earn it. Yeah, I agree with that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But guys often want that a little earlier than what they really deserve. 
And they are all about the chase. And once they get it, well, the guys are about the chase, and often the ladies are about being chased. Right. So nobody's really wrong. Yeah, but I feel like maybe this is just in my jaded experiences of recently. I feel like a lot of guys, they're in for the chase. And then once they get it, the challenge, they're like, done. Thanks. It depends on how the chase was conducted. If, okay, let's, let's do this. I've, I've had sessions with, with individuals and they reach out to me and it'll go something like this. Brock, um, I met this guy on a dating app. We talked for a little bit. We went on a first date. I slept with him on the first date and I haven't heard from him since. And why, why do you think that is? I said, why do you think that is? I'm like, well, I don't know. Everything was going so good. I, I thought that he really liked me and we did exactly what he wanted. I was like, but the thing that motivates a man the most, you gave it to him so early that there's no incentive for him to continue investing anymore. That has to be something that's earned. These are earned. And you can't go back and reverse the pattern. And I am so glad you just said that. You can't go back, reverse the pattern. You can't go back and reestablish your standards. If you don't establish them immediately up front, consistently, you can't go back and try and do it then. It'd be like, Selling something for five dollars and then trying to sell it for a hundred the next day. They'd be like, I got this for five bucks yesterday. Why is this a hundred dollars? Oh my god, that's terrible. I mean, I love that analogy, but that's horrible. Well, let's let's give the, the five dollars. No, no, I know what I'm getting it. A soda. Uh, I bought the soda for a hundred dollars or five bucks. Why is it a hundred a day? It's like they're not no one's gonna pay that because you, you sold it for five dollars. You just devalued yourself and deflowered yourself all in the same. And it doesn't even have to be sex. It can be any type of relationship benefit. It could be, we see this all the time, we hear about this all the time, women wanting to be uh, wife material. So they really want to show that they have traits of a wife. So they're going to go over to the guy's house and start doing his laundry. You you do, okay. And I heard this recently. You do not play girlfriend until you are girlfriend. You do not play wife until you are wife. And it's a, it's a hard balance yeah. because you're trying to show what you bring to the table, what value you have to the relationship because you don't want to just be a sex object. You don't. Some people do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. no, you're very, very, very true. Some people do, but people that really want to have a, a long-term relationship want to show the person that they're investing in, why they are worthy of being invested in as well. It's like, these are the things I'm going to bring to the table, but I don't give these to you all at one time. It's an egg for an egg. Like not all eggs in one basket. Right. I put one in yours, you put one in mine. One in yours, one in mine. And that's how you show each other the value that you're going to bring to the table without ever feeling like you're being taken advantage of. Okay. So let me ask you a question. And I heard this from Grant Cardone recently. (laughs) He said... He was on Bethany Frankel's podcast and Mm -hmm. he, she always asked about relationships and he brought up something super interesting. So he was like, I hate the 50, 50 bringing 50, 50 to the table. He goes, now this is for his situation. And he was like, I want my wife to bring a hundred percent and I bring a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, basically you're just talking semantics. Right. Sure. It's still, you both putting in the equal amount, 50, 50, hundred percent, whatever you guys are putting in the same level of energy, the same level of investment, the yeah. same level of abilities. They don't have to be the same abilities, same level. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So 
that's what you're supposed to be doing. And you don't just give somebody all of your abilities, all your gifts. Don't just do that. They have to earn it and you do it piece by piece when they... Well, like you even think about like the best friendships, the most healthy Mm -hmm. friendships you have. I have some of my best friends, 10, 15, 25 years that it's like I'm learning and, and earning one of my best friends in New York. I earned a part of her story literally like a month ago. And we've been friends for 10 years. And I knew there was always something that she, there was a story. And, I, and it was funny because at some point she goes, I can't believe I never told you this before. I said, but I think so early on, you didn't want to share it. You didn't want to share it. So I never pushed it. And then when you felt comfortable and I was just like, it was just interesting that it was like, yeah, it's earned over time. Um, okay. I have a question. So I, by the way, we are about 20 minutes in and I still haven't even like introduced you. So I'm going to have to go back and do all this. Uh, But, um, okay. One of my biggest lines that I say to people, heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. if a man wants to he will what's the question i mean is that a would you say that that's true that's true for everybody like but women as well if they want to they will and it shouldn't be if a man wants to yeah, if but they like, want to they will okay but like let's say that i was dating this guy for a little while mm-hmm. or like we went on a couple dates and then the communication started to fizzle out or like I had put some effort in and clearly was not getting reciprocated. I'm not going to continue to put effort in. But if in in my experience or maybe in my head, I'm like, if a man wanted to, he would court me. He would find a way to contact me. He would want to. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, but the the problem is, is I feel like sometimes people have these like one-off exceptions of like, Oh, well they're going through a lot or, they have like whatever going on. Well, it, I think it's important that we step back a little, remove our ego from the situation. And we accept that just because we went on a date that went well or a couple dates doesn't mean that they, that that person that we've been on a few days with, that they should be prioritizing us. Why, why do we think that somebody just because we had a few good conversations that they should want us? that they should be fighting for us because that, that's not usually how anything in our life really works. I mean, it, again, it's consistency. It's, it's continuing to build. And if we approach that table thinking that we're more valuable to in their eyes than what we really are, we're going to hurt our own feelings. And I think that's really what it is. And, and I see it a lot. It's like, well, if he doesn't like me or, or if she can't see the value that, that I have, then, F them. It's like, you guys, you guys only talk for like two hours. They don't know you, right? They don't uh-huh. know you. So you like relax, check yourself for a second. These things take time. And I think we see a lot more of this because we're living in such an instant gratification society. Yep. And, and if we don't feel like we're being accepted and chased and valued right off the rip, they're just like, well, this can't be it. This is not right. This, and at the same time, if someone's not feeling a connection, immediately they will disengage. So you're, you're both fighting against what society is telling you is right. What you actually feel like naturally is right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very, very difficult to, to navigate through all this right now. 
I guess like, I guess my phrase is more of like, if a man wants to be with you, he will find a way to be with you. If you guys have been dating for a while, you've been exclusive. He absolutely will. If he finds it to be valuable, if he finds his energy being invested into you is valuable to him, he's getting a return in ROI, whatever form that might be. Then yeah, he's going to do that. And a woman's going to do the same thing. If you're not being appreciated, you're not going to do things for him. Well, and then also in heterosexual relationships, I of all the people I ask, healthy relationships that I've seen, the man is just a little more into her than she is into him. Hmm. I think that because we're so used to seeing men not focus on and everyone I'm doing air quotes here, focusing on being romantic. That's really a, a, a feminine ideal. Seeing a man do that is so celebrated and so beautiful um, that when we do it, it does seem like it, it, it's more than what the woman does because you all do it naturally. It's not natural for a man to be a romantic. It's not. You don't think there's some men though that are just hopeless romantics? Um, I think there are some that are definitely hopeless romantics, but the problem with that, and this is, this might be a part where we contest a bit is that most women don't find that attractive because that's low hanging fruit. That's easily obtained. I will say that the guys that I have dated briefly, It's interesting because I think in my business, I come off very, a lot more masculine energy. And a lot of it has to do with, I'm in a male dominated field and the timbres or the, where my voice sits, like a lot of different stuff. But when it comes into a intimate relationship with somebody, I want to feel sexy. I want to feel feminine. I want to feel all these things. And so if I'm with a guy and I don't think being a hopeless romantic is, in my opinion, is a bad thing, but it does lend itself to more feminine energy. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So would you find that attractive in a guy? Yeah. Feminine energy? I think we all have both. Said, but would you find feminine energy in a man attractive? If he met you and he came up and said, I love your shoes, would you be like, ooh, I want this one. <laughs> this is my guy. Totally depends on the follow-up. No, that's what he said. What is your initial? This is not somebody I'm having sex with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you think that women think that immediately too? I know for, about- <laughs> I know for a fact. Okay, so... I got to ask. So you are, the, sorry, we're, I, I could literally, I told you, I could talk to you about this. This is my favorite topic of all time. Um, so you are the dating expert. In my opinion, Chattanooga is all day, like the dating expert for everybody. And I, I said this to you before we got on here that I'm fangirling you for a long time. Like, I just think you're awesome. And I think everything, you're, and I think what you're doing for Chattanooga is so important. Thanks. Like, I think that, it, being born and raised in Chattanooga, but also living up north for a while, I would feel so much more comfortable to go to a speed dating event or a singles event or doing any of that not in my hometown. Why? Because it's so vulnerable because I've set up this life, whether good, bad, or ugly, I've set up this life for myself here that I... Oh, yeah. But being at Common House and a lot of other... Th- I mean, Chattanooga is 
getting bigger and bigger all the time. I mean, we didn't know each other. And so I had this just preconceived notion in my head Mm -hmm. of what Chattanooga was like when I was in high school. But I think that it's, there's so many reasons I think what you're doing is important, but I think you are bringing to the forefront very important topics and allowing people to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and be open and accepting to like, and I said this to you too, like I, I have a lot, knock on wood, I have a lot of other things in my life figured out, but dating has never been one sure. that I've quote mastered or sure. gotten right or whatever. But, you know, if you're in a big urban city, having, going to a dating coach or mm-hmm. going to these events feels just kind of the way of the world now. And I feel like you just brought such importance mm-hmm. to that in Chattanooga. Sure. So I commend you for that. Thank you. Um, because, so what kind of inspired you to do it? Uh, I mean, you're you're actually talking the story that that I similarly experienced when I went through my divorce at 30, and having been with that individual since I was like in my late teens, like eight, seventeen, I was thrust into the dating world, and I'm like, oh, this is a little bit. I mean, I, you kind of know like what what's about to transpire, but um, it's still a daunting thing to be thrust into, and I was like, you know. I can either let dating have its way with me or I can master this. And I made it my mission to not only understand dating and interpersonal relationships, but at that moment, I was going through my own healing process from my separation. And I don't know if it was always just my nature, but my friends would always, um, come and like confide within me about things they were experiencing. And I, I, I had a way of talking with them that wasn't, it wasn't a logical way of approaching a situation because when let, let's be honest, a lot of our problems, the ones that we struggle with the most aren't logical problems. They're emotional. Oh problems. my God. I know. So when somebody says, somebody comes to you and says like, my boyfriend's just like not treating me good. You know, he, he's, they're, they're mean to me. They're, they're what you just want to say, you should just leave him. You should just get out of there. It's like, yes, but let me, maybe I need to explain this to you again. Maybe you didn't hear how I was, what I was telling you. And like, that's the big joke. It's an emotional experience. So that you uh, can't think logically about, you can't think logically and people that you want to tell can't empathize because they just see it as a logical issue. Oh, you're having an issue. This is how you handle it. It's like, no, no, no. How do you handle the emotional aspect? And I was good at that part. I was good at empathizing with my friends and understanding where they were coming from. And and we don't always need to give advice. What we often need to do is sorry. Okay. No, you're good. No, you're good. I just was trying. What we often need to do is ask questions that allow them to arrive at the place they need to. You don't have to say you need to leave them. You need to ask questions like if one of your friends was going through this, what would you say to them? If this person did this in public to you, how would that make you feel? And it's questions like that, that I found I was naturally really good at helping my friends understand how to best handle those situations. And I took that, I took dating, I took um, the opportunity to help people and I just balled that all together. And I said, this is the most deep 
sense of healing I've ever had in my life. Mm. And, and it just, it fed me. And ever since I've been just like chasing this high that. What were you doing for before? I was a business owner. I actually had a consulting and a landscaping company, like a large landscape construction company here in town. And what's so funny about that is I remember specifically probably three years prior to me selling that company, just really putting a focus onto my relationships with my employees and my clients. And Uh I was like, and I always had a really, really deep relationship with all of them. Like I had a super low turnover. I want to say in eight years, I lost two employees. That's amazing. And that's what says a lot about you. I had probably 500 clients and I lost like 12 of them. They didn't want to let me go. The relationships that I had with them were so valuable. I was invited to their kids' birthday parties. I mean, all I did was like... Just ask questions. That's it. Yep. That's all I did. And just... Um, so since I was 30 to, to now, just like heavy, heavy focus on helping people understand dating and how to get the best out of it and how to meet, um, the right person faster. That's what I focus on every single day. I love that so much. Oh, I'm so <laughs> envious because I, I love, I always say that I love people, people patterns and behaviors. And I just feel like, I mean, especially through the last two years, I mean, connection, for sure. Is so deeply important. And so like for me, over the last two years, being single, living by myself, not even having a dog, like I just... You don't have a dog? I know. Okay. You didn't get a dog during COVID or nothing? I know. And I should have. But every... Because I was I used to travel a lot. Okay. Okay. Fair and enough. so every... But COVID was the perfect time to get a dog. It was. I know. And I should have gotten one. There were actual dog shortages. Like you couldn't even oh, find them in the pounds. Like, well, and then they were saying that there's like a hard, like dogs were just around humans all the time, that it was really hard for them to adjust yep. once they're around other dogs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, but see, all my friends were like, you shouldn't get a dog, you travel, blah, blah, blah. I think they were also saying that they were afraid that I would be home a lot more. But I feel like a dog would add value in my life. It would. It's a great icebreaker. Yeah. I pet so many people's dogs on the sidewalk. I wouldn't even care. I don't care if you're with your man. I didn't care. I was talking. I was, I did not care. Dogs are great for your dogs. I know. I know. My brother, my oldest brother has a dog that I'm, or two dogs, but I'm just obsessed with them. I know. You get a smallish dog, you can take it almost anywhere. I know. That's what I'm thinking. I can see you getting a small dog. Like a, like like 10 pounds. I was going to say something. 10, 12 pounds, but not too small because then I'll just step on it. Yeah. (laughs) God, that'd be the saddest thing. Um, All right. Maybe we're manifesting this. Um, but what I was going to say is like, I did a super big deep dive into my life and kind of was like, I'm going to get all these skeletons out of the closet. Like, why have I set up this life the way I have sure. in all the relationships I have, friendship otherwise? Like, and I think a lot of people did that. Have you ever been married? Mm-hmm. So I probably could have gotten close. Actually, I probably could have gotten close a couple times. Um, okay. But my dad said something interesting to me. Okay. So in my late 20s, I dated somebody and could have gotten married to him. And my dad says to me, do you want, you only have to ask yourself two questions. Do you want to marry this person? And he goes, you can justify thousands of reasons why you want to marry somebody. He goes, the most important, and you will know instantly, and do not tell me, is should you? And he goes, your gut just told you. 
And I, it, 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 for me, I just do everything based off my gut. And so it's like, I say that because sometimes I don't listen to my gut. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, this guy's dangerous. Sure. Let me torture myself for the next two <laughs> years. And it's like, and it's, I will say, several of my friends have been like, what is wrong with you? Why have you done, why are you still keep repeating these patterns? And they say mm-hmm. you repeat it until you learn a lesson. But it dawned on me that I was dating certain guys because subconsciously I knew I was going to sabotage it and sabotage myself, but I was always going to be in control. Now, was I ever in control of my emotions along the way? 99% of the time, no. But I knew when we broke up, I was like, see, the hypothesis, hypothesis and the conclusion were the exact same. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're manifesting your destiny in a negative way. Which is horrible because the alternative, like for me, I would say like you, so you were married before and now you're married again. Would you get married? I got married this past summer. Congrats. Thank you. Um, I would say you've had successful relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like when Absolutely. some friends of mine who have been divorced and stuff, and I'm like, that's still success. Am I, you I'm know how to do say, it. Yep. You've done it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, it's almost like so scary to get that much closer because then your life changes forever in the best way possible though, for sure. which is so messed up. But it can also be kind of rough yeah. if it doesn't work out. Maybe that's what you're afraid of. Maybe not you, but like that's what people fear and they avoid the relationships that could be potentially fruitful. But until you deal with those traumas, until you really understand why you're doing what you're doing, you will will always repeat the same patterns. Did you date a lot? Oh God, yeah. Good. Yeah. So I call it, Mm -hmm. this is so bad, but I call it the slutty college years. And I don't mean that in like, I always tell people like, do what's comfortable for you. If it's holding a bunch of people's hands, if it's Mm -hmm. going on a bunch of first dates, if it's sleeping with a bunch of people, do what you've got to do to get it out of your system. Like, I don't want to date, I don't want to marry somebody who hasn't, had that whatever whatever sort of freedom and euphoria to feel almost completely out of control go do that so that you want to be in a relationship you know i completely agree yeah when uh i actually did a case study my own case study i did it on 50 first dates and of those 50 dates only three people were worthy in my opinion for me only three for a second date Whoa. So what was it about the second day? Like, what was it? The deciding factor? Um, Whether they were like really present, whether they were there. And this is going to be a huge thing that people aren't even going to like to hear. But I actually wanted to see if people were there for a free meal. And you'd be really surprised how many people were. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I used to be the type of person who would like overly want to pay. And I have actually dated a lot of guys who've let me pay, which is totally fine, whatever. But mm-hmm. I have tried harder to allow the man, like, I won't go to a restaurant. I won't go anywhere that I also can't afford. Nice. Okay. So, like, yeah. if it's a Leah or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not going to go somewhere where if a bill comes and you left your wallet or whatever. You're very rare because that's not the case for most. So how can you tell that these girls, like, are looking for a free meal? Is it when the bill comes? It's definitely when the bill comes. And they're just like, thanks. No, they 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 check out completely. When uh, the bill comes, I'm like, 
are you calculating your percentage? No, they're just on, they're, they're checked out. They're waiting for you to do that. They're not even going to have a conversation with you about it. Anyway, I can contribute. No, thank you. No, nothing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That, happened, that happened quite a bit. I'm not saying like it happens all the time. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is not by any means a woman bashing. That's not because. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. It's yeah, a yeah. very prevalent thing. The joke about men being saved to women's phones as free food is a real deal. Stop. Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Free fruit one, free fruit two, free fruit 49. Mm -hmm. 100%. Okay, so what other things were like? Um, Kind of just where they they were in life, how they saw themselves like in the next couple of years. Um, A lot of them didn't honestly bring, I I don't even want to say this in in a toxic masculine way, but what they really brought to the table was very lacking. They might have thought they were bringing a lot, but they had nothing besides their looks. I was like, when's the last time you read a book? Mm-hmm. Like, can we talk about anything but the Kardashians? Like, can, like, come on. Like, what, what do you know what's do you going have? on in current events? And it's like, you don't have to be an expert. Can we have a real conversation about something <laughs> that's truly meaningful? And um, the people I was dating were between 25 and 35. Okay. And the age didn't matter that that much. I had my most success with the 27s, like around in there. Like, that was where I was feeling the most connection. I think around that time, because they, they haven't hit 30 yet, they're, they do start taking themselves a little bit more seriously. They're like, okay. They've been in one, maybe two jobs at that sure. point. And, and, and one or two serious relationships yeah. and they, they've learned. And uh, yeah, so um, I, yeah, I've got that, that case study. I actually haven't even published it. I need to get, get onto that. Carlos would kill me. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a really good experience. And yeah, it was mostly just first dates and, the first dates were super easy to come by. Like it, it was all about the approach. I, I never came off super sexual. It was always coffee. Okay. It was never dinner. Yes. I, I've learned this recently because friends of mine are like, do not go to dinner with him because you have to like, it has to yeah. be an hour, maybe two at most. Sounds like they're listening to my advice. I know. I, <laughs> I have actual videos on that. Your first date, your first face-to-face interaction should be hour, hour and a half at the most. That's all it should be. And just kind of, hey, this it's is just, fun. Just like, a casual see, <clears throat> see if we see if we could even be friends. Like see if that's even a possibility because, you know, besides the attractive aspects, like you have to have a couple of hard questions asked, see if there's any commonality, any any value. That, that you see and the best thing is to say oh you know what even if things are going great say oh you know what I actually uh, I have a, a meeting I gotta get to or hey I, I have a, a drink with one of my best friends here in about 10 minutes um, so uh, like we're done here and even if the, rela- the the date's going amazing if the date's going really good that's the best time to call it for the night or the day or whatever. see that's my problem yeah oh it's most people's yeah. it's going good you start feeling all the good, good feeling chemicals. Yeah. You keep on the day, just keep going. But if you actually stop that, then you give the guy the opportunity to initiate the second because he's feeling it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep going three, four hours, like you're really. So, what would you stuff. say is like the top like five pieces of advice you would give a girl in her 
mid thirties. I mean, even though I'm 21. <laughs> sure. And, and, and so mid thirties, everyone's, first of all, everybody's different. Yeah. Okay. You're in your mid thirties. That, that's the commonality, but what do you want? What do you want in life? Are you wanting to get married? Do you want to have kids? Is kids off the table? Is that something that, that you even want to do? It really comes down to the, the individual, what it is that they're wanting, because if they don't want kids, I would ask, are you moving in a way that still is hurried as though you're, you're, you're trying to find somebody in time so you can still have so kids? I will say this, and I have a friend who I'm actually going to bring on to talk about this at some point, but um, freezing your eggs, if finances are permitting, is the best thing to take that off for women, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... So here's the thing is like when, when I met Diana, our very first date, I asked her and I said, and this was always one of my first date questions. I did not want to have kids. I still don't. Yeah. I don't. And I said, do you want to have kids? Obviously it's a very important question. You need to ask that because if that doesn't line up, there's no point for a second date. So she said, yeah, I want to have one son. And I at that moment, like I almost got up, like I was going to say, okay, great. Thanks. That's not what I want. I almost got up, but there was something about the way that she said that, that didn't sound entirely convincing. And I was, and I sat there for about 10 seconds and I, I was thinking, I wonder if she's saying that because she thinks that's a requirement from men here in this area. In, oh, in interesting. So I didn't get up. And I said, yeah, I don't really want kids. I think I just want, I want to do a lot of traveling. I want a lot of dogs and I want to touch a lot of people's lives. I like kids. I love kids. My family, we have like, there's, there, I'm, I'm an uncle a couple different times. I love coaching kids. I don't want them myself. And I said, on that first day, I said, if that wasn't required of you, would you be open to not having kids? And she said, I've never been asked that. It's like, well, you're being asked. She's like, that's actually a really attractive prospect. I would definitely consider that. I'm like, okay, I'll stay. I'll stay and finish this date. And we're married. That's so funny because my my oldest brother, he and his wife don't ever want to have kids. And I think my middle brother and his wife, who now have have the cutest little six-month-old nephew, but he... um, that was something that was very attractive to both of them. And I go back and forth. Sure. I think I'd be a great mom. Mm-hmm. If it happens, great. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's a defining factor sure. of my happiness for life. Okay. So, but that's interesting because yeah. typically, and it was, what I love about you asking her that is it took the pressure off the woman ever asking the man because, that. Because that's a huge, <laughs> that, that's a big thing. I mean, that's one of the major roles that a woman, when like that question, what do you bring to the table? I bring the ability to bring life into this world. That's one thing I bring. Is that valuable to you? Are you going to want to have kids? Well, I'm not going to want it, but I would like to know that we align on our values and that we are going to be super supportive of our family when they have kids. Like, are you down for that? Yeah. Okay. We can work with that. And we have even talked about what you just mentioned about the freezing of the eggs, the maybe even surrogacy. I don't, and she doesn't either, because I said, like, I value your personal 
um, health. I was like, sometimes pregnancy really wrecks your body. It's like, I would never ask that of you. So if there's a woman that would do the surrogacy, I was like, I'd Oh, be, I'm all about that. Life. I'd be so totally about that. And I'm even about adopting. Yeah. So those are the two ways that I would ever be an actual father. And, and we, we align on that. And what's interesting is Mr. I never want kids. All of a sudden he meets the one and you're, I'm not saying that, that was never a deal breaker, but something you thought is now adapting. And it's, it's an, op, an option. It's not something where it's not like in the plans, like, Hey, in three years we will do this. But it's, do you think, an option. but do you think that you had these steadfast rules or whatever, because you hadn't met the one or like, it's that's, that's one of the best questions of this entire podcast. Yes. I know that somebody left a note under the door. Hold on. <laughs> um, Oh, I don't know. Anyway, oops, sorry. Okay. Um, um, wait, what was now? No, no, I said. Oh, uh, yes. So it, it, that's that's actually a really great question because I was so glad that in my past marriage I didn't have any kids uh-huh. because that person, not not anything against that person, they were not the person I would have wanted to have kids with. We didn't even have dogs well together. We dog parented completely different. We conflicted with that. And I think subconsciously that turned me off from the idea of having kids so badly. But there's also like the part where it's like, I am not attracted to the idea of a child under the age of two. Yeah, I have no interest in kids that young. Well, I, that makes you, sense. You don't, you don't have any real imprinting from there on, especially as a guy from two forward. That's when like, his a guy's um, utility actually comes into play. It's like you really start having that sh- those shit memories. So okay, so let me ask you a question. So you got divorced, you sold your company. Mm-hmm. So then, what was it like? You call yourself the dating expert. So what training or what what how, how did you? Tra- yeah, yeah. So I studied psychology in in college as well as business and. Um, when I went through my divorce, it was a lot of studying. I had my own coaches. You mentioned one of them earlier today. I will not mention their name, who I had hired. And we did a lot of work together that um, during that process, I had, I guess, shown my ability to them and they suggested that I get into this. And I was like, that. Then, yeah, I think that's that was the push I really needed to get things going with somebody who's in this field that's very well known in this field and they gave me the thumbs up to get going um I love this this is hilarious people are like asking me questions I love this okay this is hilarious I don't know who's listening to you've got some I think it's friends of mine that are literally because they knew I well they knew I was coming to podcast with you so we were downstairs and so now they're asking me questions Uh, what what questions are Um, this is hilarious well well I'll ask them yeah yeah um so you just took did you take a bunch of courses so there are uh courses that you could take in life coaching but I never took any of them and I'll tell you why when Anybody is a coach in any type of thing. Let's say, let's say a, let's say a football coach. Do they take coaching courses? They can, or you can hire them because they have a wealth of experience and knowledge that they bring. Sure. So let's say 
Peyton Manning, for example, do you think he needs to take a coaching course in order to be a coach for an NFL team? Hell no. Right. That man can coach any team he wants right. at any given time. It takes somebody who has hours and hours and hours of dedicated studying and implementing of that studying to be worthy of being a coach. And that is what I dedicated myself to. I have tens of thousands of hours of studying and practice. So if somebody were to want to work with you, do you do individual coaching? Is it a course? Like how does that work? Yeah, it's both actually. So okay. I have, I have coaching packages. Um, you can go to my website, brockwinson.com, see all those coaching packages. And they are catered to the types of situations that people often experience. Um, so let's say I have one that's called the cycle breaker. Yep. And it helps you break the cycles that you find yourself in routinely. And you're just tired of wasting the best years of your life, not really getting anywhere. You're maybe you're, you're going to the same, same situations every six months and you can't really seem to either pinpoint why this is happening. So we work together for about a month. We figure out exactly what it is. We um, identify exactly how to break these together. And we have uh, exercises, tools, and techniques that we implement together to make sure that those things get broken to get you out of those ruts. Because yeah. there's nothing more frustrating than repeating toxic cycles. There's nothing more frustrating. Well, especially when you don't. I mean, you are, and what's even more frustrating is when you recognize them mm -hmm. and you don't do anything about it. Yeah. 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 I help people that have that exact thing. Like, I know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know how to not do those things wrong in the moment. Right. And that's what I... And then like, I've heard a lot about like love blockages. Sure. Sure. Um, not love blockages. What is it? Yeah, maybe love blockages, but it's... um, uh, oh, What is it called? Yeah, or like when you're you're trying to break a love, like an energy cycle with a certain person, like that attachment. Yeah, that making sense. What is that called? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, exactly what you're talking about. So, like, um, a, a great example of a cycle is like, why do I keep going back to the same person? How do I stop going back to this person? I'll, I will not go back to them. I date one or two people. It doesn't work out, and I go back. How do I stop that? Well, it's a security blanket, but not a healthy one. Exactly. It's just mm -hmm. yeah. But like the familiar. They they even identify that that's what that that's their pattern. Uh huh. But they don't know how to break it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I help people. I help people understand why they're doing what they're doing. How to identify it and what techniques they can implement to help break those things. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. And where can people find you? On my website, brockolson.com. You're all over Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, uh, the Brock Olson. Um, Are you on TikTok? I am. So, yes. So my business strategist told me, like, all during, like, the height of COVID in 2020, he's like, man, you need to get on TikTok. I was like, I'm not jumping on that app. People are being fools on there doing these dances, and they, you know, having fun. Yeah, they're laughing all, all the way to the bank now. <laughs> they are. So I was like, all right, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put one or one to two videos on there, just kind of see how they're received. I blew up on TikTok. Blew up. I had no idea. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of views on TikTok, and now people are like from all over the world, like flock to my services every single day.
That's awesome. It is so I just started doing this like in October. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm just waiting for TikTok to start charging. <laughs> well, I think because after you get like 10,000 followers or something, they start like you start maybe getting approached for ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people now, yeah, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see how this app matures and kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's super easy to grow on TikTok, very hard on Instagram. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's almost like nothing. <laughs> All right, we're going to do a lightning round of questions because yeah, I've taken go. up so much of your time, yeah, but fine. I'm. So enjoyed this. Yeah, um, this I literally could talk to you. And yeah, you're you're coming on again because I could literally. I, love I would love to actually like bring some of my friends on, and we all just that like would be a lot of fun. spitball scenarios. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. All right, so I'm going to hit you some hard hitting questions. I need you to be prepared. Okay, celebrity crush. Mm. <sighs> I know, man. I'm telling you, hard hitting questions over here. Nice. Or was when you were little. J Lo. Yes. Yeah. What what kind? Which J Lo? Um, when she came out with her very first music video, I was like, "Oh no, this is trouble." <laughs> if I if, yeah, so like I, just right after Living Color days. And, well, and and then, and then I realized I was like, maybe I have a thing for uh, Hispanics because I married them. Yeah. So I was like, well, this would make a lot of sense. So yeah, she's my celebrity. There you go. 50 plus to looking good. Um, animal you most identify with? So my spirit animal is a turtle. I've always loved turtles. I, love turtles. I was even sharing an experience with a turtle. Uh, I tried to, I had a pet turtle. I sn- tried to sneak it onto the airplane. I had it in my pocket in LAX. They found it and made me release it in a flower bed at LAX. And it was a little baby turtle. It's like maybe two years old. And I'm still traumatized by it, but yeah, turtle is is my. It's my Why don't you go get a turtle? I've had them. I've had many. But you wanted to steal one from. It was mine. <laughs> it was my pet turtle. I'd had it for two years, and I. Oh, they confiscated it at the airport. And oh, made I thought me you release stole it. it. No, it made me release it. Oh, that's messed up. I know. I was twelve. I was. <gasps> I was very disappointed. Well, that will put you in therapy for life. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh, that's yep. horrible. Yep. Where are those security guards now? Um, you need to send them the bill. I know. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's horrible. I was just a kid. This is before 9-11 and everything. Ugh. They were like, yeah, you got to let that go. I was like. A product you can't live without. I mean, are we going to say our phones? Because, like, I can't live without myself. What's your favorite app on your phone? Instagram. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instagram. Favorite dessert. Uh, carrot cake. Ooh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, favorite catchphrase. I don't even know if I have a favorite catchphrase. Yeah, I don't even have a favorite catchphrase. To be completely honest, like I don't, I don't go around quoting movies or things like that. I've never been that kind of person. Yeah. Something you pretend to hate but secretly love. Ooh. Um, something I pretend to hate. Dating apps. <gasps> Did you have to be your wife? Instagram. Funny, that's why you love it. Did you slide in her DMs? 
She slid into my DMs. Whoa. I found her in somebody else's post and I followed her because I thought she was super cute. A couple days later, she slid into my DMs and she goes, dude, you're fucking hilarious. I love it. I was like, are you talking about the memes I post? Because I was posting a lot of real funny memes, dating memes. She's like, yeah, they're great. I was like, I'm glad you like that. Are you single? She said, yeah. I was like, I'd like to take you out for a drink tomorrow night. What do you think? She said, sounds good. See, I also love the momentum of that because if you had just kept chatting for too long, most people ruin. You just had the opportunity and you seized it very quickly. Yeah. I have a 48 hour rule that once you make that connection and it's going in that direction and you have made that request to get together, it needs to be within 48 hours. Don't on Monday ask to get together on Saturday. Do not allow that much time. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be with urgency. So I asked her out the very next night. I love that. Uh, food that you can eat every day for the rest of your life. You can do so many different things with pizza. So like, all right. I'm going to say pizza. I love it. Yeah. I would say pizza, omelets, and salads are all the same to me. Yeah. Because it's a base and then you can just. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. 100%. I agree with you on all those. those I love are, that. Those are great. Yeah. Um, the world is great because. The world is great because I think at the end of the day, people want to do good. And I think at the end of the day, we do. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything you want to accomplish? Any goals that you have over this next year? Yeah. Um, and someone couldn't even believe that this was something I was working towards. So I have a horrible, horrible fear of speaking in front of people like really bad and I've had to do it. And it's like, but I love that because you were constantly getting out of your comfort zone. So I want to do a, my first public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done one. I've even shied away from them. I loved that COVID didn't allow that to happen. I was like, yes, I get to hide behind COVID. Uh I'm going to really try to get in front of a lot of people, like a, a 30, 40 people specifically for me, not for something else that they're showing up and I speak like as a guest, like I am putting it on. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. We're going to get him on a stage and maybe uh, you're going to get yourself on the stage and then we're all going to come watch. Love it. And support you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, you're the best. I'm just, (laughs) I'm I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. And I truly want to acknowledge the fact that like, Something I really admire is that you had a life set up for yourself. You were working really hard from the outside people to perceive that you had it all. It wasn't working. You broke the chain, you broke the mold, and you are truly living out your purpose. And I think you're helping so many people and do the one thing we all want is to find love. So um, you're the best. So yay. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate you Um, having me on. Yes. I know. I feel like I feel like we're gonna you're gonna be a recurring guest. And I'll be I like, love that. My, my the poor guys I date next, I'll be like bring on like in real life scenarios. And okay. you'll be like, oh my gosh, that, that poor sucker. The next one we should definitely have your friends. Yes, we will. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of So You Think I'm Southern. Um, until next time, be good to yourselves. 